are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Wednesday here on the Steve Day Show podcast on Westwood One, available via iTunes and Stitcher. I'm Steve Day. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. We would love it if you would join us. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Coming up a little bit later on in our podcast. Yes, we will have a Holy Week edition of Buy, Sell, or Hold, but we're also going to be joined by David A.R. White, who is uh, the star producer uh, with Pure Flicks of what's been the extremely successful series of God's Not Dead films, the third entry in that franchise. God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness is coming out Friday, and David A.R. White will be joining us a little bit later on in this podcast to preview the film, so we're looking forward to that conversation. But men, we just wrapped up production for today's CRTV show. Let's give the audience a preview of what's coming up a little bit later on at CRTV.com. Todd, I'll start with you. I learned uh, that uh, the closer and closer we get uh, to election 2018, uh, the three of us and Daniel Horowitz, especially when we get in the room together, care less and less and less and less. Yeah, I didn't... You know what? You just have to see that conversation. I I was actually not expecting all three of you to have the answer that you gave to the question that I asked especially given the way the conversation was trending. But if you're in the audience, you got to see that for yourself coming up later today at CRTV. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, uh, fake news or not today, it was um, it was a spanking for somebody who needed a spanking. Uh, and that's I, the state of journalism, as Todd always says, magical and not at all broken. And that, uh, that shone through today. And I'll give you a little preview, man. I needed some accountability. And no, straight up, keeping it real. And we had a pastor on the show today on CRTV. And I just, I just had this inside of me, like if I don't come clean about this, man, it's going to bother me the rest of the day. So I, I, I literally let our guest pastor me right here on the show. We did a little, we did a little Protestant confession right here. Todd, did you like that? Yeah, it was pretty groovy. Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah. Not quite, not quite as liturgical as probably you would prefer, but you take what you can get at this point, right? Yeah, we're, we're good. You're the most, uh, as the reverse of some people say, but you're the most Catholic Protestant I've ever met, Steve. <laughs> we want, oh, my uh, email inbox. Thanks you for that, Erzin. Thank you. Delete, delete, <laughs> delete. Delete, 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 delete. All right, so if you want to send us an email that I will be deleting, steve at stevedace.com, maybe I'll just forward them all over to you, actually, as a matter of fact. If you want to watch... Heathen, heathen, heathen. If you want to know and you want to watch what does Protestant confession look like, uh, we've got a a live demonstration of it today on CRTV. CRTV CRTV.com, promo code DACE, is how you can get access to CRTV if you're not yet a subscriber. If you are, thank you. But if you're not, if you use that promo code, you will get a discounted subscription to not just our show at CRTV, but all of the shows, the great one Mark Levin, all the way down to the bottom of the totem pole where you'll find us other programming. CRTV.com, promo code 
Dace, D-E-A-C-E. All right, it is a Wednesday. David A.R. White from Pure Flix is going to join us to talk about the third film in the God's Not Dead franchise later on. But first, let's get an update on Marxist Madness. Let's go to the score desk where Aaron McIntyre is standing by with your scores and highlights. I've we always are, wanted to do that. We right? are. <laughs> little Dan Patrick, little Chris Fowler on game day. I'm in. We are down to the final four now. You have voted. You've made your choice. We, uh, we had the Elite Eight voting open until this morning. And in the useful idiots region, the champion of that region will be the number seven seed, Angry Atheist, he pulls it off 53 to 47 over the five seed booing God who put up a really good fight and I thought got further than uh, further than I really expected them to. This was neck and neck just like booing God versus um, whatever the, the sweet 16 matchup was. This was neck and neck the entire cup last couple days. But you know why he wins? There's no punch pulling with that guy. He just yeah. He just swings for the fences. That's why every I liked him. That's that, swing. That's why I liked him from round one. I, I I liked him from round one because of that. That's just unfettered, shake your fist, scorner, mocker, crowd outside of Lot's house stuff. He's keeping it real, yo. I got respect for that. Indeed. Moving on to the swamp region. The number five seed, Bernie Sanders, religious bigot, all over the number two seed, Tears of Rage, Booker. He wins 69-31. Uh, I'm surprised. Both are worthy of being in the Final Four. The margin of victory yeah. here blew me away because yeah. Tears of Rage, Cory Booker, is freaking priceless in the contrivance department. Mm-hmm. But I think, go, go back to what I said a few minutes ago, if, if, if it's all about keeping it real, I mean, Booker, that's the most ham-fisted acting since, you know, uh, Christopher Lloyd played eight-year-old Mannequin Skywalker in A Phantom Menace. All right? It's that bad. Okay? And I think, in the end, you look at that margin and people just decided, if we're just going to do a Marxist freakout, let's go with an actual freakout. Not the masterpiece theater that Cory Booker's attempting. But you're getting, this isn't, you know, taste great, less filling. You're, that's like the Marlboro Red of Marxist freakouts is what Bernie Sanders does right there. And you can always tell, like, when, when, when someone smokes those Marlboro Reds, especially in the wintertime, when they, when they come back inside, it's like they are a walking tobacco distillery because that's just, that's, that's the full Monty. That's 100 proof right there. You're just drinking Everclear. And that's sort of what Bernie Sanders' rant is there. And I think in the end, people thought, I appreciate Cory Booker's showmanship, but we got to get down with what's for real. And that and and Bernie Sanders is letting you know right there yeah. flat out my passion comes from true marxism. Yeah, well, and more than that, very different styles so far in the two winners you've announced, Aaron. But you, once you look closer, oftentimes with teams that seem very different, you look really close, the fundamentals are the same. And right here we just have a good old-fashioned hate of God here on both teams. Well done. And in the Holly Weird region, <laughs> I do not agree with this result. It's the number three seed. So what you're saying is with a 56-44 to 44 win over the four seed, behead Trump, behead Trump bows out early. And my bracket is looking fantastic. Yeah, that, that busted my bracket. I had Cory Booker in the final four. I'm fine with losing him. It's kind of, that was I told you guys last show, that was your Duke-Kansas regional final, those two. You're fine if you lose to them. There's no way Behead Trump should not be in this Final Four. 
And I think what you're watching is, so what you're saying is, that's your Danny and the Miracles, that's your Kemba Walker, Loyola. that's your Shabazz Napier, that's that's one star guy carrying a team. And that's Jordan Peterson right there. He's Right now, dude's star is ascending. And I, I think it's more about the fact he's in the clip. We might We might have put a clip of Jordan Peterson literally saying or doing anything. And it could have possibly gotten the same result. I think that guy's just that big of a star right now. It's true, but the reason he is a star is because... It's because of clips like that. Well, despite the fact that he is ultimately not like us in so many ways, most people, you know, he's an academic, but he's got, he's pulling off this everyman thing. We've all been in the places he is with the people trying to ask us uh, questions or try to spin, and he just won't have it. Sometimes we've been in our lives successful at it. Sometimes we know, but we have been there. He's carrying the everyman across the finish line. It's got a very uh, substantial one shining moment feel to it. And finally, coming out of the tolerance region, Zoe Tur, he beats the number one seed, Trigley Puff, 65-35. to 35. That was the only 1-2 matchup in the Elite Eight, and the two comes out on top. I'm in. Uh, that was my pick out of that region. I think it's the only Final Four team in the end. I think it's the only one I got right. Because I had uh, Cory Booker in one region. I had Behead Trump in the other. And I can't even remember who I had in uh, uh, the, the opening region. But this might have been the only Final Four team I got right was Zoe Turr. And I, I think also, again, you have a, some star power factor here. Um, this is more, I mean, Shapiro's a bigger star than Jordan Peterson. But this is where Zoe Turr is Scottie Pippen and, and Shapiro's Michael Jordan. Like maybe Zoe Turr, if it was just your average everyday conservative that he tried to choke on a television set, maybe that gets you the you know your first round upset. Maybe even you get to the Elite Eight and you're kind of like, all right, that's kind of played itself out. But when it's when it's a star uh, that who's you know, where, what, Jordan Peterson's star is ascending. Shapiro is like the son of a solar system. He has, he, I mean, it, it is set. And so when you throw in his star power with Zoe Turr's act, now you've got Michael Jordan with a Scottie Pippen kind of back there, Todd. I mean, you have a, you have a great player with an all-time great player, and that's, that's a tough combination to wrestle with right there. And everything you just said may be the best case for choosing a national champion amongst these four. Uh, it, they, very tough out. Very tough out. So how do we vote in the Final Four, Aaron? All right, you can go to our social media feeds, uh, Steve Dace on Facebook or at Steve Dace Show on Twitter. Links will be there. If you scroll down just a little bit, you'll be able to find it fairly easily. You can vote on Angry Atheist, the seven seed versus the three seed. So what you're saying is, and you can vote for the number five seed versus the number two seed, Bernie Sanders, religious bigot, versus Zoe Turr, respectively, for uh, your shot to help determine who becomes the Marxist Marxist who ever Marxisted. And with that, of course, it's a Wednesday tradition unlike any other. It is buy, sell, or hold. Our producer, Aaron, will put forth a series of provocative statements, uh, hopefully uh, centered around Holy Week, which is the theme of our podcast this week. Todd and I will then decide whether we're buying that, whether we're selling that. Hopefully, we have a good reason why. And and once per show, we are permitted to hold. But, but I think maybe we should say right now, given that it's Holy Week, 
you can't hold. No holds. No holds. Right? What's the Dante line? Uh, the hottest places in hell are reserved for those that in times of great moral crisis claim neutrality, yes. right? Be either hot or cold, not yeah, lukewarm. Yeah. So, so no holds. You know, no holds this week. If someone's question is incredibly dumb, if we both agree, we can say, try harder. Do better than that. All right? But short of that, you can't hold on Holy Week. Got to make a call. We agree? Go yes. Bang. Right. Aaron, you're up. Most Americans, and I'm going to put the most at 75, uh, let's go down to 60% of Americans either don't care or will not be observing any semblance of a traditional Easter this weekend. What's your percentage? 60. I'll buy. Well, hold on a second. What define a traditional Easter? So anything re- anything resembling um, faith, Jesus Christ crucified, ri- r- rising again. Would, it, would attending a Orthodox, right? Not capital O, but yep. small O mm-hmm. service, would that count? Uh, would that count yeah. as observing? Yes. Uh, okay. Then I'm going to sell. I, I think it. I think it's still a majority of Americans. Well, you're asking me a super majority. Will not, which means 40% would. Yep. I'll sell. I still think a majority of Americans will show up we'll this Sunday. We'll go to a real Christian church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this Sunday. I, I, it's, it's, it's what they'll do the, the next several uh, Sundays between now and Christmas. Then that number's like sky high. Okay? But this Sunday, I still think a majority of – it might be 51%, but I still think a majority of Americans. It, it's, it's certainly more than 40%. Will attend – but I thought Aaron said won't. He said won't. So that would be won't. Won't. 60% won't, won't, which means at least 40% would. I think at least 40% would at least go to church. Yes. I'll, I'll say sell. I will narrowly buy. You think it's close? I think it's close. I, I think it's close. I think it's close. I don't think it's quite as close as you. That's why I sold. But it's close. I, I, I think it's something worthy. I mean, we have one state left in the union right now where a majority of the general population goes to church um, at least twice a month. That's Utah, 51%. Uh, I think the state that's number two is Missouri at about 49 and a half. And these, those were the numbers we got, I think, from Cambridge Analytica in the Cruz campaign of 2016. Hmm. Okay. So there's that. Okay. Headline tomorrow, Steve Day subpoenaed by Robert Moore. Oh, gosh. Why not? Why not, yeah. Hey, you know what? That's where God comes to you and says, you know what? You've been whining, sitting around, feeling like your career is stuck in neutral. All right, we can blow this sucker up. We'll blow this puppy up for you. Here's your molar subpoena. Now you're everywhere. How you like them apples? Careful what you wish for there, kid. Right? There you go. Nice. Uh, God's Not Dead, the latest in installment of that movie, will open up in the top five this weekend at the box office. Well, Ready Player One is going to be clearly number one. And the advanced reviews, Spielberg, Easter weekend, so that's your number one. Your number two, I think, is open for debate. What kind of a drop would Pacific Rim have? Black Panther still has some staying power. Those are probably, though, two and three in some order. Uh My my concern with it finishing in the top five is the strong presence of I can only imagine. Are they splitting some of the same vote? 
Do people feel like they can only, you know, particularly with the cost of families to go? It's, it's expensive. I mean, Amy and I have that movie pass, which I we highly recommend. It's like a Netflix to go to theaters. We told, talked about that before, right? But even when we take the whole family, the other three kids, with popcorn and drinks, even with Amy and I's tickets prepaid for with movie pass, it's still like a $50 investment for a matinee. So... I could see a lot of families trying to decide which of these two movies do they want to see. And I can only imagine is blowing up. I hate to say this. I'm going to sell. I think it'll be really close. But I think I can only imagine is going to eat into some of that same audience. What are your thoughts? I'm going to go the other way narrowly this time. I, I hope am, you're right this time. I am going to buy the name, it, the brand name... I think is going to carry it over the top. And I actually think even though I can only imagine and it's a popular song, uh, I think for those who haven't seen it yet and uh, would still err towards the side of choosing God's Not Dead first. So I think, plus if you had said top three, I would have gone with Steve. Top five, I think so. I hope you're right. Because um, I, I want to see that there's room for more than one in the marketplace. So I hope you're right about that. Dwayne Barth says, younger generations will be able to successfully sustain a Christian faith revival in the culture within our lifetime. Will be able? Within our lifetime. Or will happen, meaning it's possible? Will be able, is what he said. I think he meant it will happen. happen. It will happen, Yeah. yeah. It's a very difficult question to answer because you have to see things the way God, you're trying to see things the way God sees things. And he would ultimately be responsible for such a revival. So let me, let me, help me do this math as we figure this out, Todd. I think we all agree we're coming to a head spiritually as a culture, right? Yes. I, I I think, would we all agree, well, actually, this is really just for you and me, because Aaron's the one asking the questions, we have to answer them. So do you and I agree that in the generation that this question speaks of, we are likely going to see that culminating climactic moment, that coming to a head moment, that, that tipping point moment? If not before, yes. Okay. So then, it, then the question, we both agree on that. Yes. The question then becomes, what, to, what, to what end game? And one, there's only two possibilities. One is a uh, revival, and another is a, a separation, a shunning. Right. So, um, you saw Europe came to their head, their came to a head a generation ago, and what resulted was a shunning, a separation, and now it's essentially becoming a, a Muslim enclave. Because whenever a culture goes secular, we talked about this in the Seven Deadly Worldviews, secularism is, not a temp, is, is, is always a temporary staging ground for a culture. Always. Because we're not made to unworship. We're made to worship. We will, if once we secularize, we are really just setting the stage for what worship will come next. And you're seeing that in Europe. They secularized in the previous generation. And what's happening now? Islam is surging in Europe. The new truth. And the same will happen here. 
we are we, we will secularize either to the spurring of, of revival or the spurring of a revival, if you know what I'm saying. Just a different revival. Which one is it? And and I think it's really difficult to gauge. I'm gonna say bye because if we're if we're keeping it real, which is one of the themes here on the podcast today, if we're keeping it real, I need the answer to be by. Otherwise, I'm have a real difficult time, even for the good money I get paid doing it. I get paid good money, but not stupid money, right? I still live in the same house. I'm not making millions of dollars. Again, I make a nice living compared to most Americans, but I'm not rich. And so the income I receive isn't enough for me to continue doing something I really don't believe will turn out well. I, I have to believe that um, I'm not a weeping prophet, to borrow an expression. So I'm going to buy because I need to believe that. Even though I think the evidence is pretty split right down the middle, one way or the other. I, I promise this isn't contrived, but I am narrowly, again, going to go the other way and sell, not because I don't have the same need and the same hope, but it's because of what I've said before. I, it's going to happen eventually, but not as quickly as I think this letter implies the next generation, uh, because, uh, as I've said, we're too comfortable. We, uh, if, if calamity happens in the way of... Huge, large-scale war, uh, some some degree of uh, contagion or something like that that totally resets the deck. Then that's possible, but I don't think that's what's implied in the letter. I just I we are too comfortable in our own sin right now. We have too we still have too much wealth uh, that, to put it on to put our sin on cruise control, uh, and I think that is the fundamental. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, uh, but that makes us unique compared to the other empires of old they did not have that much wealth all the way that and comfort all the way through society do a few more here uh smug steve the lesser says this is for todd i think this is i think this is for todd panga lunguna gloriosa great chant or greatest chant wow um well thank you Aaron yeah there you go oh man I feel like I need to go to a spa I love Gregorian chant but at the most novice of levels I can't tell you what you just said other than (laughs) it must be uh, Latin I have no yeah that was great I loved it beautiful understood this is from Laura Bishop. Disney will make a movie of a princess who has had an abortion or a transgender princess. Sell. This one I need to believe. Sell. Need. I, I think it's, it's 10,000% sell on the abortion. I, I don't even... That, I think there's... There, there is a better chance of monkeys flying out of my butt than that's going to happen. I promise you that. That's never happening. The other one, I highly doubt, but there's a much better chance. 
whatever that chance is, then 10,000% no. Maybe it's 9,000% no. Maybe it's a lot more than that. If, if you separated those two, then um, the abortion one is it's, it, it won't even ever be on the table. Uh, the other one, I could see that being far more debated. But given the overwhelming odds against the abortion one, I'm selling because that, that will never happen. Tony Mercer says there will be a 51st state in the next 10 years formed from fracturing an existing state. Sell. We don't have the balls to do that. If we had the balls to do that, we wouldn't be in this predicament with an all-intrusive federal government to begin with. I mean, the number one reason why, even in a state like Texas, they don't stand up to Congress is the is what Todd said about the average individual person and what stands in the way of revival. The gravy trained of free money from the printing press in Washington. That's never happening. Also, well, never not, happening. Also, wouldn't it require a constitutional amendment to allow that? I don't think you can split a state if memory serves well there is you can add states but you can't split an existing state yeah i, I there, that's never going to happen it's just never we don't have the balls doing like that uh this is the last one from todd himself he says trump himself will appear on the new roseanne show before all is said and done man you that's my prediction that's for an, friday yeah, that I, I don't know what that has to do with holy week but it's so easy that's an obvious buy that's an uh, Disney will have I'm more I am more confident Trump will appear on the Roseanne show than I than I am Disney will never have in a princess with an abortion and I gave you 10,000 to one odds the other the Disney abortion princess would never happen that's how confident I am Trump will be on the in fact I'm shocked he's not on episode two yet yet all right three two one The latest entry in what has become maybe the most popular series of faith-based films in recent cinema history is coming out Friday. God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness is coming out. Looking forward to it. I've seen the previous two. Uh, The first one, when you look at uh, the profit margin, is one of the most successful films in really the history of Hollywood as an industry period. And the star, one of the producers joins us now, David A.R. White is here with us on the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One. And David, it is a pleasure to have you with us, brother. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. This story uh, seems, when you watch the trailer, pardon the expression, David, ripped from the headlines. Is that intentional? It is intentional. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, we, uh, and when we knew, you know, we always figured we were going to make three of these for the franchise. And, um, and so, but the thing was, is we didn't want to just make another movie and, you know, we want them all to be relevant. We want them to be what is going on right now in our culture. And, and for this, you know, there's no doubt about it. We've kind of been living in this dark social, political, divisive time. And, um, and we felt like this, this movie needed to address that. I'm wondering if there's an intentional pattern here. When you look at the first film, it, it deals specifically with conversion. 
on, on multiple fronts or people who reject conversion. You look at the second film, it deals now with, a, with, with you know, Melissa Joan Hart's character has had a conversion and now for the first time really in her life, she is seeing um, the confrontation between uh, her faith and what the expectation of the culture at large is in that regard. When I look at the trailers to this third film, it now seems like we're, we're, we're coming full circle where the fight is now coming home to the church. Do I have that right? Is that intentional? You do. Yeah. No, it's very intentional. I mean, um, you know, the, there, there's no doubt about it. There, um, uh, you have Reverend Dave who, you know, we don't, we don't really know that much about him from the first two films. Um, but, uh, you know, this one is, it's basically about, I have this church, um, our, my parents built this church. They built the university that the church sits on. Obviously, the university was turned over to the state. Now that, now that my church gets burned down, vandalized, somebody dies in the process of it, and the university decides, you know what, the church is no longer relevant. I don't even think we need it anymore. In fact, we want this space to put a student center on there, which is understandable. They don't have a lot of space, and now they're thinking, well, maybe we'll get rid of the church because it's no longer relevant. And so... Uh, I call my brother, who just, um, you know, I don't think any movie would be complete without the pastor calling his brother for help, who just happens to be an atheist. <laughs> and you throw those two together, and how does that work? How does that work? <laughs> how does that work, by the way? How does it work? Well, I think life is messy in a lot of ways, you know? We'd love to believe that... that uh, that all things just work out in their, you know, um, we live in a cookie cutter generation and, and everything is simple, but it's not that way at all. You know, um, there's the, there's a great line in this movie, obviously that I've said for quite a long time, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But how is God good in the midst of a lot of our, you know, turmoil in the midst of fires, floods, um, we lose our job, our spouse leaves us, our kids get sick, you know, these things that happen to us that don't seem fair, don't seem right. Why is God allowing these bad things to happen to good people? Well, in the middle of all this, throw a pastor in there and, you, you know, and it's like, well, he should be able to handle it. He should be fine. But it's not that way. And then we go back to the college campus in this as well. Shane Harper's actually back from the first film. And the, we follow this lead girl who her big thing is all of a sudden here she is on a college campus again and her faith is massively challenged. And how does she even respond? Is God real anymore? Is God even real? You know, it, it, this, these movies, I think what makes them so relevant is that they, they bring up these things that, that we, we, we struggle with in our daily lives mm -hmm. on a consistent basis. And hopefully that they bring light to these topics and they also just start conversations. David A.R. White from Pure Flix. He is one of the stars, producers of the new film out this Friday, God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness, the third in what has been a really successful film franchise. And I want to go back to the very first one, the very first entry in the franchise, David. And over the last couple of years, I've gotten to know Carrie and Chuck at Believe Entertainment a little bit. And you know they were involved in that first movie as well. And I mentioned to them, I want to share something with you I shared with them. When I saw the first film in theaters, I, I know it sounds weird, but the scene that really moved me, that made me tear up, comes at the end, and it's when Dean Cain's character stares essentially into the abyss of his own soul and then just drives away as if, well, I thought about it for a minute and I'm kind of comfortable with the life I'm living. 
And the reason why that move that 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 actually brought me to tears is I, I remember whispering to my wife sitting next to me during that scene. I thought, I we I think we're we're, we're figuring this out. We don't. Not everything's a happy ending. Sometimes we have to show without without glorifying it, without elevating it, without sensationalizing it. You know, I mean, when we were kids, I don't know about you, I wanted to trick or treat as Darth Vader, not Luke Skywalker. He had the cooler gear, right? You know, the bad guy. But mm-hmm. I, and so we don't want to mm-hmm. elevate evil, but we have to show the culture that we understand human nature for what it is, and not everything has to be a Hallmark card. And I and I and I think that really hit home when Dean Cain's character drives away to me if I were a pagan walking into that audience that's the scene that would resonate with me how could someone just look at this right in the face and still reject it and walk away that would that would stay stuck in my craw that would leave with me more than the the neatly wrapped bow tie at the end and i think i read an article in christian post today about the success of i can only imagine showing again the 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 ravages of sin in a very realistic way i think that's something you guys tapped into with the very first god's not dead movie that i wonder just i've never i'm not a christian filmmaker i'm just a consumer is that really the challenge of doing Doing this is on one hand you have a base audience that wants wants good to prevail and doesn't want to be morally offended or you know anything at PG thirteen might be scandalous. On the other side, though, you have to do something that actually shows the culture at large. You get where they're coming from. You've walked a mile in their shoes, and how do you balance that tightrope? Oh, it's so true. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is that you know for us, it's it's not just showing one side, you know, we don't want to beat you over the head with what we believe. If anything, what we want to do is, is be open, be authentic, you know, be organic, show a visceral movie that shows both sides and shows them in a real honest way. So, so this movie isn't just for Christians. It's not just for, you know, Hey, bring your, your only your believing friends. No, what, what the first movie did, I think so well is that it, it, it went past the, you know, those lines and it, yeah, all of a sudden atheists started coming to those movies, you know? And so, um, and in this one, the same thing, we represent John Corbett plays an atheist, you know, John Corbett from sex and the city from, Mm -hmm. from my big fat Greek wedding from Northern exposure. I mean, he's a great actor and he's, he's playing my older brother. And of course, you know, you throw a pastor and an atheist together in the same house. And how does that work out? (laughs) You know, um, and and they're on the same side. That's even the more ironic. <laughs> is all of a sudden they're together going up against this university um, because they believe whether or not John, whether or not his character believes in what we're fighting for, um, he believes it's the right thing. And uh, and he has this great line: "I no one likes to see their little brother get pushed around, even if you don't agree with their, uh, you know, what they do." And so I think I think that's what's what's missing in our society today is that there's so much, you know, everybody's yelling, no one's listening. You know, we, 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 we like to all of a sudden get holed up in our silos and say, well, that guy believes that thing over there. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to communicate with them, which in reality, you know, we communicate with these folks all the time. It's just a matter of how can we do it where we reach across that side of the aisle and we do it in love and, and we do it, you know, um, where where we can can connect and find a common ground and then go from there. 
That's where I want to go with our final question today, David, uh, because there's this, there's one line in the trailer that's really convicting for me because I'm a believer that works in the front lines of politics, culture, not just in media, but in campaigns. Uh, and I've done this for the last decade. And there's a line in the trailer, without grace, we're just fighting, I think was, is the line, if I recall it, from the trailer. And and that has... Yeah. that. Has, that, has, that has, Harbor. Yes, that that that's a kick to the manly regions right there, brother, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, I mean, I, because in my line of work, that is my great challenge every single day. How do I stand up for what I believe in in a way that doesn't undermine it at the exact same time? What, what encouragement would you give particularly because a lot of people in an audience like ours are also going to be people of, with conservative or traditional religious beliefs that are also struggling with that exact same thing. How do, I, how do I not get into the tribalism? How do I not become like that which I can't stand? How do I not become my own alternative conservative meme to the ones about the Obama voters we used to share? And we all now are all, we're all hypocrites now. How do I avoid playing that game? What's your encouragement there, David? I mean, you know, that's that's the that's that's where this movie is built on, and I think that's where you know there's a great line in there that says you can't you can't um, uh, something about about <laughs> doing this I'm doing a really horrible service here, but you can't reply with hate with more hate. You can't respond with you know to hate with more hate because ultimately there's just going to be more and more yelling going on and no one's going to ever listen. No one's going to ever, somebody has to take that first step up. You know, we're called by Christ to be, you know, to be humble, to be, um, uh, to walk in grace, to, 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 to forgive. And if we don't make that first, you know, to live in love like Jesus, if we don't make that first step up, if we don't take that first step, then in all honesty, who will? And it's not a fun thing for us to hear. It's not a fun thing for us to, to listen to because we want to fight back. Mm-hmm. You know, and here it is. I play Reverend Dave, a pastor who just wants to fight back. He is just ticked off, you know, in this film. And, uh, and I, you know, if you've ever seen a pastor, you know, how, 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 do you, how, how, do you, how, how does a pastor do that? You know, we, high, we hold them to higher levels. Whereas people are holding us to higher levels in a lot of ways, you know, and it's all about how do we respond. And I think that's at the core of what this film is, you know, is answering is how do we do that? David A.R. White, film is out on Friday. God's Not Dead, A Light in Darkness, the next entry in what has been a very successful series. And uh, we wish you guys continued success there at PureFlix with this series. We have really enjoyed it. David, thank you for all your work and for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. God bless you guys. God bless. Okay. All right, quickly, some final thoughts. Todd, go. Uh, Fantastic uh, bit of uh, inside baseball uh, from the uh, actor in uh, God's Not Dead uh, 3. It's really interesting to flesh out his character and his doubts a little more. I mean, he hasn't had a insignificant role in the first two movies but he hasn't been the primary focus either uh i i, I think as you laid out it, it it's building to 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 that and uh learning a little bit more about uh what the man of god uh the poster child for the man of god who he is what he says what he does when the rubber really meets the road aaron yeah, it was uh, great to hear from from David A. R. White uh, doing what uh, 
what needs to producing a, a product that needs to be uh, supported if it's you know if it's good and so far I've seen good reviews just as I have with the other two movies the other two God's Not Dead movies as well but the need for Christian artists and Christian filmmakers uh, we talk about that all the time and it was good to hear from a guy who's carrying that out Hey, if you've not yet done so, uh, just take 10 seconds, less than that. In fact, click subscribe there on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbay, however you listen to us every single day. The more of you do that, the more that encourages our benevolent overlords at CRTV to continue to make this free for you. Uh, And thank you to those of you that have already done so. And if you've left us a positive review, we appreciate that as well. And if you haven't, you can help us by doing that. That helps us spread the word about this podcast each day as well. Thank you for tuning in here today. Don't forget CRTV.com, promo code DACE to watch today television show until tomorrow john 317 this is steve dace i like you